Good morning, and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast, brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1 Deer Walk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. The psalmist writes, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Psalm 46.1, this speaks to the hope God gives us amid the struggles of life. When life storms blow around us, our Redeemer, Jesus, gives refuge in the mighty fortress of our God. We pray this broadcast will remind you of that beautiful truth today. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Creator God, you made us all in your image. May we discern you in all that we see and serve you in all that we do. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for the seventh Sunday after Pentecost is from Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 48. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Sometimes people think that unbelievers' most important question is whether there is a God. Not so. The most important question is whether Jesus, who is Almighty God and died for our sins, rose from the dead. You could spend a lot of time trying to convince others that God exists. Even if that effort appears successful, however, they still would not necessarily know that this God loves them. Merely to believe there is a God is not to believe the gospel. When asked about his authority, Jesus said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Jesus rested his claims on his resurrection. From the fact of Jesus' resurrection, you have only to take a short step to discuss its importance in the forgiveness of sins for all and for the eternal life of believers. Nothing is automatic here. This step will not take itself. But by focusing on the resurrection, you will be poised for this step. The hymn, I Serve a Risen Savior, written by Alfred Ackley, asserts that it is possible to be confident that Jesus lives because we know he lives within our hearts. By itself, however, this answer is inadequate, though, maybe even misleading. For you cannot directly demonstrate to anyone else that Jesus lives in your heart. You cannot use some spiritual can opener on your heart and show him there inside. You cannot show the risen Savior to someone else in this way. In fact, you can't even show him to yourself like this. Which should not strike us as a surprise. Jesus said, 
For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. As Christian, you have the Holy Spirit. Yet the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. This tension can also keep us from thinking as straight as we should. In Luke 24, two despondent disciples walking to Emmaus ended up unknowingly talking with the risen Christ. Their hearts burned within them, yet that in itself did not enable them to recognize who was at their side. How do we know that Jesus lives? We need something besides assurance that he lives within our hearts. When these disciples on the road to Emmaus finally recognized Jesus in the breaking of the bread, they rushed back to Jerusalem to find the eleven. While they were giving their report, Jesus stood amid them, the whole group, saying, Peace to you. He invited them to touch him. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Then he asked, Have you anything here to eat? He ate a piece of broiled fish. If you ask these people how they knew that Jesus lives, they could have said they knew from the touch of his body and watching him eat that fish. Earlier that day, Mary Magdalene had touched Jesus at the empty tomb. What Jesus told her was not, don't touch me, as if to keep her away, but instead, do not cling to me. I imagine that in her joy, Mary was giving Jesus a big bear hug. She really could touch him. All this stands out as important. We can get caught up in the busyness of our lives. The bills are real, taxes are real, my problems are real, things in which I delight are real too, hobbies, friends, family. All these other considerations seem to crowd the Lord out. It proves far too easy for us to forget that He is, and He is the creator of the universe. Yet do not forget, His cross was real. After all, on Easter, he still bore the marks of the nails. He died for sinners like you and me, who lose track of him and his importance. If our sins only amounted to mere figments of our imagination, we could be content with a ghost for a Savior. But we are real and needy sinners. Thank God the Lord who answered for all our sin genuinely rose from the dead. His disciples knew this from the touch of his body. But you and I have not had that kind of localized touch from Jesus. How do I know that Jesus lives, and how can I point others to the resurrection? Well, we know from the Bible that Jesus lives. Think about this. Even as he stood among them on that first Easter, the risen Lord took his followers to the Scriptures. I invite you to think of the Bible in two respects. First, note that it includes eyewitness testimony that Jesus lives. Second, see it still more as God's own word. I think these two points fit together quite well. The first can be more readily shared with an inquirer. People may not consider the Bible to be the word of God, but they can still understand the importance of eyewitness testimony. The New Testament includes writings from several eyewitnesses to the resurrected Jesus and from others who were close associates of eyewitnesses. The apostles Matthew, John, and Peter all saw Jesus in our text. Paul saw him later. Early church testimony indicates that Mark wrote up the recollections of Peter. Luke points out that he did research with eyewitnesses. Knowledge of many events in ancient history rests on far fewer sources, for 
perhaps only one, and maybe not an eyewitness source at that. Hardly any ancient event stands out as so well attested as the resurrection of Jesus. If you deny what can be known concerning his resurrection, to be consistent, you would pretty much have to give up the rest of what can be known about the ancient world. But how can anyone know that Jesus lives? Witnesses saw him alive after he had died. Their testimony has come down to us in the Bible. They wrote things like, For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses. They did not gain much by saying so. No, they had everything to lose. If the apostles had simply made up the resurrection story, isn't it remarkable that not one of them retracted his story, that he had seen the risen Jesus, not even when threatened with death? You are witnesses of these things, Jesus said. And they did not forget. Their witness cost them their lives. Who gives his life for something he's made up? Just about anyone can understand this. We know from the Bible that Jesus lives, since the Bible includes eyewitness testimony. Peter said, we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. This takes us to the second respect in which to consider the Bible. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, the Bible is God's own word. We know that Jesus lives from the Bible, and the Bible is the word of God. Not everyone will share this understanding, but Christians do. We esteem God's word. Think of what Paul wrote to the church at Thessalonica, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of man, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. Because this word comes from God, it packs his power. It did for the Thessalonians, and it still does today. At the heart of this written word from God stands the incarnate word, Christ himself, in our gospel text, Jesus said, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me and the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Thus he began opening their minds to understand the scriptures. He was leading them to see what had been there all along, centering in himself and his saving work. As one veteran professor put it, Cut the Old Testament anywhere, and it will bleed with the blood of Christ. The Old Testament told of the coming Messiah in many ways. It would be very nearly impossible for a single individual to come along by sheer happenstance and fulfill even some of what the Old Testament had foretold about the Messiah. Jesus fulfills it all because he is the eternal Son, promised and sent by God the Father to be the Savior, your Savior. Not only did he suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, but also repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. By this proclamation, God creates saving faith in sinners. Jesus did not do what he did so it would be hidden away. He brings forgiveness and salvation home to people by his word and spirit. Still more, not only does Jesus live for you, he also comes to live in you. You have his word also on that. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Yes, Christ promises that he and the Father live with Christians. So does the Holy Spirit. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We know that Jesus lives from the Bible. It includes eyewitness testimony, 
which can be pointed out to unbelievers. Moreover, through the message of repentance and forgiveness in his living and life-giving word, God bestows saving faith. He did this for you. He can do it for others through you. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Risen Christ, you filled your disciples with boldness and fresh hope. Strengthen us to proclaim your risen life and fill us with your peace. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. Our prayer and hope is that the message of the good news of Jesus Christ will have a positive impact for you as we at Redeemer Lutheran Church endeavor to be help, hope, and home in the body of Christ for all whom we meet. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deer Walk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you, and may God bless your day.